Okay, I'm pumped. What a surprise. Jeff's excited. Oh, man. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be with you guys. We've had an amazing summer in the book of Psalms. Uh, just an incredible way to kind of launch into the new year, just reflecting on who God is and what he has done for us. Uh, I do want to give us a little roadmap. Um, just full disclosure here. At the end of the message this morning, uh, Ted is going to come up and be talking to you about an opportunity, an invitation to step into community. He's going to give you the details on that. But I want you to know that that's where we're headed. And I think... Um, in light of that, I, I, just to be fair, you've got to be asking yourself the question. If we're saying, say yes to community, I think it's only fair for you to ask, why should I say yes? I think that's a legitimate question. I know that you came in here this morning. You probably weren't going, oh, man, I am really bored. I really have nothing to do. I hope that Jeff talks about something I can do uh, so I can ha- you know, do something uh, with my life. I know that you're busy. And I know that you have a lot going on. And I think it is legitimate for you to ask the question, why say yes? And so we're going to do that. We are going to step into a, a passage of scripture to investigate this question. If you would turn to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. We're going to start right in the very first verse there. As Rob would say, turn on your Bibles or turn to that page. Just a reminder that this um, letter is written to an important uh, crossroads in the province of Macedonia in Greece. Um, It was one of uh, Paul's, if not his favorite, favorite church. There's some reason for that. And we're going to talk about that for just a, in just a second. But this is a letter that was written 10 years after the church got started. Um, and it simply starts this way. Verse 1, chapter 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ. Paul and Timothy are the ones that ha- were a part of that first mission to the church in Philippi. And so they're writing this letter jointly. And uh, it says there in verse, uh, the rest of verse 1, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi. He's writing to the community, the set-apart ones in Christ Jesus at Philippi. Those who have been sanctified or set apart because of what Jesus did on the cross. And he says, together with the overseers and deacons. So this is a letter to the leaders, to the teachers, and to the people participating in that community. And he, he has, in verse 2, Um, grace and peace to you from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Just a reminder right there at the beginning, grace and peace, this amazing gift that God has given us in the person of Jesus by bearing our sins, by bringing forgiveness to the human race, this amazing gift of grace, and then the peace that comes from opening and reopening that gift every day. And if that's as far as it went, we'd say, awesome. That's what many of the letters begin with. Many of Paul's letters begin with a very similar start. But here in verse 3 and 4, we have something very different in this particular letter. Many times in the letters of Paul, it will begin uh, within that way and then lead into addressing some kind of a theological concern, maybe false teaching in the church, maybe some really difficult challenges and persecution, maybe even some really difficult and challenging sin in the community. But here, we see no correction. What we see is affirmation and encouragement. 
Paul says two amazing things. He says, verse 3, I thank my God every time I remember you. He says, when I think of you, I thank God. When I think of you every time, and I don't think this is hyperbole, when I think of you, I thank God. And secondly, when I pray, I pray with joy. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. So this is an incredible thing for him to say. This is a very personal, heartfelt um, addressing of these folks. He says, I'm so thankful for you guys. What's going on in your community is amazing. Every time I pray, it's with joy. And in one sense, this is, is, is Paul signaling us, this is the kind of community that God is after. As remember, I wish we could go back to Acts 16 when this church got started. It got char- started in a very miraculous way. When Paul and Silas were in prison, there was an earthquake that sprung them out of prison. Uh, just an incredible uh, start to the church. Um, it began with that miracle and carried on with a wealthy businesswoman, a crusty old Roman jailer, and a slave girl who was demon-possessed. It sounds like a couple of the small groups I've been in. But, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but Paul is addressing, saying, listen, every time I think of you, I thank God. And every time I pray, I pray with joy. And then he's going to describe why. He's going to give us an amazing phrase that helps us describe why he is thankful, why he prays with joy, and it helps us answer this question that I hope is, is in your head. Why, why would I say yes? I mean, who doesn't want to be a part of a community that every time someone thinks of you, they thank God? Who doesn't want to be a part of a community that every time they pray, it's with joy? There are a couple of things here, and we're going to take a look at um, a a definition that will help us. This word partnership here um, is the word koinonia. It gets defined in a lot of different ways. Sometimes it's it's going to be uh, translated as community, sometimes participating and sharing. But I want to look at a couple of things. Partnership here means sharing our lives, our mutual love for God and one another. So when you think about that community that God is after that makes people thankful and gives joy to them as they pray, it is a community where we're sharing our lives, our mutual love for God and one another. A place where you can be known and you can know others. A place where we have an opportunity to fulfill those commands of bear with one another, forgive one another, encourage one another. Truth be told, in this room, it, would, it is not that common that you're going to have to forgive someone. You might step on their toe as you're kind of walking in and then say, excuse me, I'm sorry. But the reality is in the smaller groups that we're talking about, this is the place where we have an opportunity to actually apply those things. So sharing our lives. The second definition for partnership or koinonia that I like to use here is participating. Participating together in God's mission of reaching the world with the love and message of Jesus. So you think about these two definitions, sharing and participating. And that participation means the resources of our time, our talent, our treasure, reflecting on what God has done for us in his love and his grace and letting that flow out of us into those who are around us and then into the world. It is literally a community of sharing and participating together. This phrase in the gospel is an incredibly powerful phrase. Because think of this. 
First off, the reality of what Jesus did for us on the cross is what creates this community. The fact that Jesus bore our sins on the cross. Then went into that tomb. And three days later, God rose him from the dead. That's what creates the community. Our mutual faith in the crucifixion, the atoning work of Christ, is what brings us together. That's that common bond. So the gospel is what creates the community, is also what motivates the community. The gospel is what motivates this community to share life and love. And say, well, community is about sharing life and love for one another and God. That gospel is what motivates. And it's also the truth that activates that community to participate together in God's incredible transforming mission. I know we know this, but it's worth a reminder. This community that we're talking about that started with just a handful of people has changed the entire world. It has literally changed the entire world. So even though we have a flyer on a piece of paper and we're talking about specific steps into specific communities here, let's not forget the fact that this invitation is sacred to say yes to community. And why would we say yes? Well, in light of being thankful for and having joy in this partnership in the gospel, we say yes because... We were made for this partnership. This is what we were created for. We were made to share ourselves, our lives. We were made to participate in something bigger than ourselves, something that is eternal and that lasts. I mean, after all, we were made in God's image and God himself is a community. He is a Trinitarian God who is sharing and participating, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we are echoing, we are reflecting who he is in this community. So why say yes? Because it's what we were wired for. It's what we were created for. Now, I'm not saying that it's always awesome. I'm not saying that it's always awesome. For the last couple of years, I've been in a Top Gun group with a few guys, meaning we meet together, scripture memorization, we talk with each other, we challenge each other, we press the Bible into each other's lives. I know there were some times on a Wednesday night, it's been a long day, there's been some tough stuff, or even for me, you can agree with me, Matthew, where are you, Matthew, right? There were times when it's like, man, I, I don't want to go. I mean, sometimes for me, I don't want to go. I don't want to, I know they're going to ask me, how's it going? What about this thing? I'm like, oh, it's, it's fine, it's fine. But I can, I can assure you this, that as we pushed through that and stepped into that community, we always came away. God spoke to us. We encouraged one another. We prayed with one another. We would not have missed the experience of being in community for the world. I'm not saying that it isn't messy and frustrating at times. Best title of a book ever, John Ortberg's book on community. You remember, know what it is? Everybody's normal till you get to know them. <laughs> it's true. I, I know I'm weird. Too many shaking heads. Just kidding. So... We're all a little weird. So we have that in community. But nonetheless, we say yes because we were wired for it. And let me make this claim, you guys. We need it. It is as essential to our lives and following Jesus as anything he has given us for his glory and our good. Most of the usage of the second personal pronoun, you, in the, Old, in the New Testament, you look at that and you go, oh, you, that's me. 
No, it's you personal. It is absolutely true. We each have a personal relationship with Christ. But the Bible is very clear. This is a both and. It is both a personal walk and a community walk. You need both. And so most of the time when you see you, it really is you all or you guys. So we say yes because we need it. I want to spend the rest of my time today talking about three ways that we absolutely need community. And that's the reason why we would say yes. Number one, we need perspective. We need perspective. I don't know about you guys, but it's been a rough three or four weeks. Okay? Um, The news is devastating. Whether you're talking about what is going on with this ISIS and all the things that they're engaged in, or you're talking about Ferguson, Missouri, and you go, what is, what is that? What is bubbling underneath in us that that's going on? Talk of Ebola. What's happening in Israel and Gaza, it is disconcerting. It is disorienting, at least for me, as we need perspective. We need God's people gathering together to bring his perspective and his presence. We need to come together and say to each other, God is king. Jesus is king of history. Everything is under his control. He is sovereign. Nothing comes into our lives, our country, our world that he hasn't ordained already, meant for our good and his glory. He is loving. We need community. We need perspective to speak that into our lives. We need community to remember And to remind each other, our Redeemer lives. He rose from the dead. He rose from the dead, proving he said who he said he was. He is. Nothing can make its way into our day that hasn't been ordained for our good and his glory. We need to join together our hearts and minds and speak to each other these realities. Look at Philippians 2, verse 1. Philippians 2, verse 1. Paul is writing, he says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if you have any encouragement from the reality that you are in union with Christ, you share his destiny, you share his airship, you will never be separated from his love. If you have encouragement from that, if you have any comfort from his love, his amazing grace, if, in an, if any common sharing, there's our word koinonia, by the way, any common sharing in the spirit, in your spiritual walk, if any tenderness and compassion from the tenderness and compassion of God, then what does he say? If you have those things, then make my joy complete. I'm praying with joy. Now let's finish the joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being one and spirit and one mind. Come together with one mind on this thing, you guys. This is what we need. We need perspective. We need a place to get together and share. Scott, you and I, we're sitting down in community. I need to hear from you what God did today that blew you away. That was creative, that was faithful, that was gracious and merciful. I need to hear that. Why do I need to hear that? Because that same God that's doing that in your life is the same God that's in my life 
with all the things that are going on with me. We need perspective from each other. So why say yes? We need perspective. We, we got to look at Bonhoeffer. Um, yeah, we got to look at Bonhoeffer. Because he just, he just speaks so well on this. Okay. Got it? The Christian needs another Christian who speaks God's word to him. He needs him again and again when he becomes uncertain and discouraged. Who in this room has never been uncertain and discouraged? For by himself, he cannot help himself without belying the truth, without getting away from the truth. He needs his brother because of Jesus. The Christ in his own heart is weaker than the Christ in the word of his brother. His own heart is uncertain, but his brothers, his sisters is sure. We say yes because we need that perspective. This video of of all the communities, our adult communities on Sunday morning that have the small groups that flow from those, our men's and women's Bible studies. Dean Annan, real men. Real community, our support groups, our re-engage groups of married couples, our singles ministry. Listen to the words they used. Listen to the words. We just wanted this pass. I was encouraged. I was challenged. It was a place for me to get real, to be honest, to hear the truth from one another, to share the ups and downs of life, to have genuine friendships. Leo said this amazing thing. He said, we talk about the stories of God's amazing love and jaw-dropping mercies. Who does not need to hear from another person about the grace of God and his jaw-dropping mercy? We say yes, because every one of us needs that perspective just to face one day. We know this. One phone call can shred our life. Some of us have had that phone call. We need brothers and sisters who are speaking perspective into our lives. Secondly, we need prayer. We need the prayer of God's people. We, just, we, we, we have to have the prayer of God's people. Uh, remember the, the um, situation in Philippi just for a second. So you have Paul who is in prison. This is their pastor who is in prison. And then there are other guys running around town saying, uh, Paul doesn't actually know what he's talking about. You should listen to me. There is a growing amount of persecution in the, in, in the city of Christians. Epaphroditus, the guy that delivered the letter, got really sick. And so there's a lot of concern about illness going on through this letter. And then lastly, there is an emerging conflict between, between two people in the church. This is the context. So Paul's encouragement, one of his encouragements for community is to pray. Look at Philippians 4. I know many of you, many of you know um, this passage. Philippians 4, 6. And it is absolutely true. We should be praying personally on our own. We should have a vibrant prayer life. But I want to encourage you guys that what is going on in Philippians is a call to stand firm together in prayer. This is about the prayers of the community, and this is what it says. Do not be anxious about anything. We are all anxious about something. Who in this room does not have something that keeps you up at night? 
We are all anxious. The reality of our own sin, our own brokenness, the world in which we live is a fearful place. Who doesn't have something to be anxious about? And what does it say here? Do not be anxious about anything. What do we need? But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, you all, you all, the community of faith, present your request to God together. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I have heard this definition before, and I love it for prayer. Prayer is pushing back against the status quo. And I love that definition. But the truth is, for some of us, the reality of our status quo is so heavy that we need others to lift it with us. So I encourage you guys, when thinking about why we would say yes to this, we need perspective, we need prayer, the prayer of God's people. Let's take a look at Hebrews chapter 4, just a second, we'll turn over, They're gonna, we're going to put it up on the screen, but let me turn over here and read this um, to you all. Chapter uh, 4, verse 14, therefore, since we, not since I, but since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus is representing us before God and representing God to us. Jesus has ascended into heaven. That's a, that's a code word for the gospel, the reality that Jesus bore our sins on the cross, went into the tomb, rose on the third day, and then ascended. That's who's on the throne that is, that is the way there was a pathway made between us and God by his work. Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. And these beautiful words, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness. He came to earth. He came into the mess. He came into the dirt. He knows what it's like to be hungry, to be cold, and to live in a fearful world. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Based on that fact, what does it say? Let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Who here does not need mercy and grace? Whose current circumstances, whose current travails and troubles and struggles do not need mercy and grace? The fractures and disruptions of living on this planet. We say yes to community because we need it. We need the prayer of our brothers and sisters. We say yes because of that. Those of you who are leaders or teachers... Small group facilitators, I want to, Ted said this earlier, we are so thankful for you. And specifically right here, I want to be thankful for you all for the way that you create communities where we are praying. They're grounded in prayer. They're focused on prayer. They are, we are encouraging prayer. It is the most powerful thing that we can do for anyone, any of our brothers and sisters. So I want to encourage you guys in that. We need prayer. Lastly, we need partners in purpose. Partners in purpose. When Jesus gave us the Great Commission, Matthew 28. So what's happened? Jesus has been arrested. He's been betrayed. He's been tortured. He's gone to the cross. Paid the penalty for our sins on that cross. 
so that every sin that any one of us has committed has been judged. Right? So that he says it is finished. He says it's finished because it is finished. So that when we believe in him, we can have eternal life. And we can have the life that he created us to live as we walk here on this planet. So that's happened. He's gone into the tomb. He's risen from the dead. And he says, meet me on a hillside. And a guy rises from the dead, gives you instructions, probably going to check it out. So you go to the hillside. And what does he say? He says, therefore, he says, all authority and power has been given to me, right? And it's pretty obvious that that's true. He says, go, therefore, to all nations, make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. This is basically a command to go out and do the things I've been doing with you that's changed your lives and changed the world. This is a massive command, far beyond anything in our human capacity we could accomplish. We need God's power. We need his word. And we need community. This is a communal activity. We need the time, the talents, the treasure, the energy, the focus of the community, the practical support of the community, the gifts that God has given us to advance his kingdom. Look at Philippians 1.27. Paul mentioned this several times in Philippians, but in chapter 1, verse 27, he says this, whatever happens... Whatever happens, and most of us know, whatever generally does happen. Whatever generally does happen. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves, live in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Let me explain what I mean by that. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know what, that you stand together, firm, in one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. And as without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you, we need partners in purpose. We cannot do this on our own. That's why we would say yes. Paul knew there would be tough days, obstacles, opposition when we need those partners the most. Now, my daughter got married earlier this summer. It was awesome. Incredible thing to walk your daughter down the aisle. It's just an amazing moment. Uh, we had so much help in that, in that getting ready for that wedding from the community. It was it was incredible the way that people helped and supported us and what have you. One of the, the big, big helpers in it was a guy by the name of Tim. It was, the wedding was on his property. And it's a beautiful p- piece of property out in Elgin, uh, El, Elburn, Elburn, and just an amazing place. Anyway, so a couple, three weeks before the wedding, we go out there. We're still trying to resolve the parking, where people are going to park. And so Tim had another little piece of property. It was like a field. You went down a little hill, and then you drove for a quite a ways and there was a field where people were going to park. So Jill and I went out there in our little Jeep Liberty and um, got out of the car and, you know, as soon as I got out of the car, I was like, squish. Oh yeah, it's been raining for like four days straight. Squish, squish, squish. And I'm like, oh gosh, I don't know if this is going to be such a good place to park. And number two, I'm not sure we're going to get out of here. So I get in the car and zzz, zzz. I dug a canyon in that field because my solution when it, we didn't like just pull out of it is to push the gas harder because that's what I do. Jill's, Jill's like saying, hey, I don't think it's coming out. Yes. It's mud. I mean, I'm, I'm talking crazy. Is there a picture? 
Okay, so there's the car. Sweet. That's what's going on. Okay, next picture. Okay, I'm not walking away from the whole thing, but I am phoning the towing company. And they said, well, how many, um, how many yards are you from the street? And I'm like, oh, gosh. I'm like 100 yards, I think. So that's going to that's gonna cost you $1,200 to get me out. I'm, I'm talking $1,200. I should have called you. $1,200 to get me out. So here's what, here's what goes through my brain. Okay, I think Jill and I are going to be living here. We're going to be foraging for berries. It's going to be good. Eventually, it will dry out and we can pull out. Jill said, you got to call Tim. I said, I, I cannot call Tim. I'm not calling Tim. He's done so much, I just cannot call him. She said, I think you ought to call Tim. So I know Tim is getting ready for a barbecue. It's like three in the afternoon or whatever. So I called Tim and I said, hey, buddy. And he goes, hey, what's going on? So, well, got a little problem. He goes, well, what? I said, um, I'm in the field. And he goes, oh, you're stuck. <laughs> yep. He said, I'll be there in 10 minutes. Click. So eight minutes, nine minutes. On the dot, 10 minutes, Tim, coming over the hill, you know, got in this big four-wheeled thing and, and uh, you know, comes down there and he says, hey, uh, okay, let me take a look at this. And he goes, oh, okay, all right. He said, good, can, can, I, can I get in the car? I said, sure, I mean, it's stuck, it's not coming out. You can get in the car if you want. I mean, I've tried hitting the gas, what else is there? He's in the car. I see him messing around in there. The wind, I'm not kidding. The window rolls down and goes, um, I don't think you're in four wheel drive, bro. I said, oh yeah, there's that button. I've always wondered what that was. <laughs> Click. <laughs> he goes, hey, listen, I won't tell anyone. <laughs> Off he went to his barbecue. We all get stuck, you guys. We all get stuck. And the truth is, when we get stuck, we cannot find our way out. We just keep pushing the gas. The wheel just keeps spinning. We need a loving person to come alongside us and say, uh, I don't think you're in four-wheel drive, bro. We need to be told that lovingly, caringly, firmly told, you're not in four-wheel drive, Jeff. We need those people that when you're on the phone with them and they say they're going to be there in 10 minutes, click, they're there. Why say yes? Because we need partners in this purpose. We need people to be there, to share and participate with each other. To see the gifts, the passions, the opportunity, opportunities that are out there. We need people to invite and challenge us to go, to step into our community, to, to, to be loving, to go out with the transforming message of Christ. We need people, quite frankly, that will look at us and go as where we are and speak truth to us lovingly. Hey, man, this is, you're not in four-wheel drive here. And let me try to help you how to get into four-wheel drive here. We need the people that look at us as who we are and where we are and encourage us. Secondly, we need people in our lives that go, oh man, you, that's a gift. That's an opportunity. 
God's going to use that. You, you, need to, you need to celebrate that. You, you need to leverage that. You need to get after that. We need people to do that for us. To see us as who we are and see us for what we can become. Eugene Peterson, um, I recommended this book just about every day of my life. A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. It's in chapters if you're interested, but it's also online. Uh, but he wrote about community here. And this is what he wrote. We're going to have it up on the screen. Good. A community of faith flourishes when we view each other with expectancy. Wondering what God will do today in this one and in that one. When we are in community with those Christ loves and redeems, we are constantly finding out new things about them. They are new persons each morning, endless in their possibilities. So the, the, the question, why would you say yes? We say yes because we're wired for community and we need it. We need, we, we need perspective. We need prayer, right? And we need partners and purpose. Jill and I are, um, the last few months have been praying about uh, a next step in the community. Um, we, she's been a place for you leader in our women's Bible study for the last couple of years. And I've, I've had two groups now of about two years each of Top Gun. We've been praying through it and we've decided the Lord is leading us to step into the As One community, which is a uh, adult community on Sunday morning and some small groups that flow from that, um, that um, is young married couples and engaged couples. So we're going to do that. Now, I'm telling you that because it's going to take some changes. This is a community that's going to be busy. Where there's gonna, we're going to have there's going to bleed a little bit. We're going to figure out how that is and reprioritize some things. Stepping into community always has challenges. There are always obstacles. Sometimes it will be time. For some of us, it's just like, uh, it's awkward. It's messy. And I, I'll give you that. It is awkward and messy. There's no doubt about it. For some of you, you say, ah, that community thing, it didn't work for me. It didn't work for me. I, I, and, and I'll give you that. I'll give you that, that it is work and it takes time. And it's not ob- always obvious where we're growing and how God is working in that. Some of you might be saying, no, you know, no, I got hurt in community. And that can happen. Some of you are saying, you know, I don't want people to know what's going on with me right now. I, I, I can't. Nonetheless, we say yes because we need it. I, I put it this way. Stepping into community, saying yes, is an act of faith. It's an act of faith. And that's a good thing. Because we're not trusting the people here. We're trusting God. He has called us into something that is his context for loving God, growing together, and reaching the world. He's the one who created it. We're trusting him. It is an act of faith. I know that there are probably some here who are stuck in the mud. They're spinning their wheels. I've been there. I know that there are some here who are struggling and suffering literally in quiet desperation. I want to encourage you to take a step of faith into community. For you, this is an important day. 
to join with others and get into four-wheel drive. Okay? For some of you, you sense that there's something on the horizon. God has something. He's working in me. And you, you are desiring that thing. I want to encourage you today would be a time to join hands with others to be on mission with him. In closing, I want you to consider this partnership, this participating in this sharing, this God-ordained, God-designed, God-favored pathway to get unstuck, to live faithfully and fruitfully for him, to take that step of faith. To live a life that is three-dimensional. You see all the triangles. Three-dimensional. Loving God. Living upward. Loving God. Worshiping Him. Loving together within the community and then out into the world with the message and the powerful love of Jesus Christ. That is the life we've been created to live. We do it in community. Philippians 2, verse 12. I'll close and I'll pray here. Therefore, my dear friends, you can feel this. This is not a formal letter here. This is love. My dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now that I'm in prison and we don't know what's going to happen, but now much more in my absence, continue, you all, as a community, continue to work out your salvation with fear, awe, and trembling. For it is God who works. We can, it's God we're trusting here. God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Verse 15. So that, and this, this is incredibly poetic and amazing. So that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. Who does not want that? To shine like a star holding out the word of life, which is the thing that the entire human race needs. Who doesn't want to be a part of that? So I'm going to encourage you guys. To, to, to say yes. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for uh, an opportunity to be together and to hear from you in your word. Thank you for uh, the way that you encourage us, the way that you lead us, God. I, I pray that if there are seeds out there that were planted or even began to germinate here this, this morning, God, that you will protect those. Thank you for your faithful, faithful mercy in our lives the undeserved favor of your grace, Lord. I pray that you would bless us as we go and as we consider this call to community. In Jesus' name, amen.